You're just playing a game over there. <laughs> oh, we rolling? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah I got I got space invaders. I got killed though. Nice. Put that down. We got a podcast to do. We do. We do. Um, <laughs> all right. So, if we is, it, is it, if we started already, is that what this is? I is guess we have. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Cranked and Ranked. And uh, <laughs> um, uh, if you're if you're reading the title of this particular episode, you're seeing it's like, there's a different format to it. Um, this is something that's called CNR sidebar. Um, CNR meaning cranked and ranked. Cause you put those together and it rhymes and that sounds nice, right? Yeah. Um, Me like so, it. yeah. And so, um, what CNR sidebar is, well, let, let's do introductions first. Let, then we'll get into what CNR sidebar is. First off, thank you for joining us on cranked and ranked for this different kind of episode as always old head your host with me as always mr eddie sparks yo me back to you i i love the whole the 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 shirt with the open chest a little bit you you look like a guy that just played a rock show yesterday um yeah. that's true you did your band to- sage totally did man <laughs> played your, your second show ever yeah um i saw a couple pictures that it was a legit stage you know yeah um, i've so never heard cool. my drums through a pa before I've, I've never had to mic it up yeah and now i've had it mic'd up it's like i don't know if i can go back you know i'm just gonna mic my drums up everywhere i go even yeah. in my own home just to annoy everybody that much more yeah I mean, I, yeah. There's, the, when you do get a chance to play a bigger stage and really get that big sound, it's like it's fucking awesome. It doesn't matter if, you, if you're you know just playing to a dozen people, you, you feel like a fucking rock star with that kind of power. Dude, there's um, there's like a part in one of our songs where there's like a full on double kick part during the solo, uh-huh. uh, where I, I accompany the guitar player with like the like and i just felt like i was firing a machine gun with my feet like it just sounded so cool but yeah i'm in a band called sage by the way shame shameless plug sage kerno on facebook uh, yeah, there you go. That's what I like that. We, we pl- plug away whenever you get the get the the inkling to do it. Go ahead and do it. Um, cool. But yeah, so, so moving into what today's episode is, CNR sidebar. We kind of talked about it, I think, on the last episode or one before, where we said we were going to start doing ep- episodes occasionally where we're able to talk about something outside of the realm of ranking. Um, yeah. So it's still the two dudes, so it's still cranked and ranked, but it'll be a topic that, you know, we'll be discussing at length and not necessarily uh, ranking. Well, no ranking at all. Um, Mm -hmm. So it could be anything, really. I mean, it could be um, just talking about a particular band or a particular theme or something like that. Today is is kind of it's a theme. Um, Really, whatever we come up with that we feel we could get a lot of you know, juice squeezed out of it for a, 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 you know, good, good lengthy episode. Um, 
where we just talk. Um, and for those of you, I, I think re- very recently I saw a comment that said, you know, your show's pretty good, but you guys shouldn't talk about yourselves so much. And I'm like, well, this episode is not going to be for you. Yeah. <laughs> because we're going to be talking about ourselves a lot because for the very first CNR sidebar, the topic, I don't even know what I'm going to title the episode now. So if you, whatever you're reading there, I have not thought of it yet um, because my first reaction and when I thought of the, the topic was um, out of character. So this would be mm. bands, artists, albums, songs that we love that somebody who, you know, maybe just doesn't know us that well or just kind of knows you know on the surface who we are. They would look at us and go, that's kind of out of character for you to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can also throw in the idea of the uh, the um, guilty pleasure into this mm-hmm. mix Um, but I think we've figured out over the years of doing this podcast that, um, Eddie and I, uh, don't really have guilty pleasures. We just have pleasures and Mm. we don't feel guilty about any of them. Um, but that's the sort of thing that would fall into this category music that we're into that a lot of people would go, wow, I never, never thought you'd be into that. Um, so, uh, (laughs) yeah. So that's what this episode is going to be. We're going to talk about all of that music and wherever the discussion takes us, that's where it's going to go. Um, also, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out here early on in this episode. Um, so now you know like, with the idea of the CNR sidebar. If anyone out there has an idea for a topic or a theme or whatever, um, put that in the comments in YouTube or send it. If you're listening to this as a podcast, send it via email to oldheadpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and just make sure it's something that you feel like we could get a good long discussion out of, you know? So yeah. it's, so it's, it's not, it's not just going to be, you know, what do you think about this album? Well, I guess some albums we could probably talk about for a long time, but some, you know, it'd be like, welcome to seeing our sidebar. What do you think about this album? It's okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. So yeah. Um, so we've 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 got some some topics for these kind of episodes. I feel I feel so un like unprepared for this because normally there's like notes with a with with a ranking and yeah, like normally you know, we're- <laughs> we we've had a format for the last two years that we have just completely thrown to the fucking wind. But I feel like this is good. This is kind of like a, a, a what do you call that a palate cleanser for us because we're yes. we're always just ranking all the time and we're you know we're ranking fools. And then today it gives us a chance to sort and of just... we're wanking set- fools. <laughs> that too. Um, it gives us a, a chance to sort of just like talk and uh, not be so bogged down with the idea of putting albums in order and picking them apart. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, really, like, people that don't know me very well and just kind of... Like, people that I work with, um, you know, they can look at me and go, oh, he's probably into metal probably loves metallica um Mm. he might you know he might be into like some 70s rock maybe some alternative rock um and they'd be right about uh, all those things really um uh, and (laughs) and the one thing that that most people don't realize is that i'm really into hip-hop but i'm not really going to talk about hip-hop today because i feel like especially on my channel I've covered it and we've covered hip hop. Very in, uh, clear, in, yeah. Yeah. And we we did Crankton Ranked, you know, Dr. Dre and NWA and uh we Jazzy did, Jeff and the Fresh Prince. That was the first one we did, yeah. Yeah. Um it, we, I'm public enemy. As well. And public enemy, public enemy as well. So so that's not really a surprise. Um, but uh yeah. I, I tried to come up with a list of things that 
but the, and they're things that I truly enjoy and love. And there are things that I go, yeah, but that, that might be a thing where, where somebody might be surprised. Um, did you, so, so I, I don't know how you, we literally did not discuss how to approach this episode. So I don't know how Eddie approached it. Like, did you write a list down or are you just going off your brain of things that you know you love? Like, or do you, do you have, have an idea of where we're starting? I've made like a couple notes and a few sub notes of those notes, like, mm-hmm. I've put maybe like a genre and then like some example bands, but that's it. The okay. rest is just rest is just us we'll, having a chat, having we'll a see. nice laid back thing here. Yeah, and we'll see where it takes us. The first thing to point out is that like I, you know, I hate people assuming anything about me. Um, yeah. First off, because usually they're wrong because it's that thing where there's a whole lot of music that people probably wouldn't expect me to be into, but at the same time. Because I I like so much metal, there's a whole lot of metal, and there are people are like, oh, you probably are into this. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. not really. In fact, in fact, most people that I run into, like in in out in the world, which I hate going out into most of the time, <laughs> um, when I run into people who do know about metal, I'm pretty sure that if they rattle off ten band names, nine of them I don't like. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> and so you know, it, it that's just how it is. So it's but so it's. You know, it, 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 but that, that both sides of that get a little bit obnoxious. I'm sure you get the same thing. Like people see you and they just expect you to be a certain kind of person and into certain kinds of things, which in some cases you are, but a big, a big one for me, I remember there was a few times during, you know, kind of college and uni where you would get certain people that, you know, say they gave us an assignment for like, you know, uh, you team up with like three to four other people in this room mm-hmm. and at the end of like the lesson have a uh, part of a song down, oh. right? You know, f- figure something out between you without fail, right? Without fail. The immediate assumption from at least one person in every group that I've ever been in now, granted I was always wearing a metal shirt of some description, mm-hmm. but they always had to chime in and preface before I even spoke. You know, I would I would get so far as saying, "So, what kind of drum beat do you want?" Ah, well, I, I I'm I'm a singer songwriter, so uh, we probably shouldn't do anything too heavy. As, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like Christ, and I'm like, <laughs> do you really think I was going to make you try to growl for fuck's sake? Like so many yeah. times, so many times, and this is like, sorry to come in hot with something that like frustrates me. No, but this I'm is going great. Off. This is great. I'm I'm off the rails. So like, without fail, it like pretty much every time we got teamed up, and this applied to boys. And girls, mm-hmm. so I'm not making this a, a sexist thing. Just so happened to be the what's, vocalist. What's Usually wrong with being girl. sexy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, I remember there were so many occasions where, like, so many ideas of mine, like even just something down to a riff, and it could be like a fucking like, ching, 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 ching. but because like it was an overdriven guitar, they'd be like, no, that's too heavy. So unless, you know, unless I played on the fucking clean channel, you know, it wasn't, it just wasn't acceptable. So I remember there were several, several times during the formative years of that really frustrating thing where you get placed into a group 
and people immediately make this assumption about you uh-huh. that you are you are wearing a Slayer shirt. So Slayer is the only thing you like and the only thing you can play. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden I start playing the drum beat to Rosanna by Toto. Right. Yeah. Eat a fucking dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You don't know me. Yeah. I do. I, I do have to say thank you now because you, that two second example of a riff that you just did, you did. Dun, 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 and now in my head is just because he's bad, bad. Leroy <laughs> Brown, baddest man in the whole damn time. Like, I'm, I'm, oh, shit. Uh, we're going to get claimed. <laughs> <laughs> I sounded almost like Jim Croce or whoever the fuck does that song. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so like it, it happens so much. Like I'll hear like a second of a song, and then it just it engulfs my brain to where it becomes the soundtrack to whatever's happening. So yeah. let's get into talking about other music now, so I can get bad, bad Leroy Brown out of my brain. Cool. <laughs> um, what do you What do you want to? You bring up something first, whether it's an artist or a genre or something. We'll 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 let this thing become what it becomes. Cool. Uh, I'm wondering where I should start because the one at my top of the list. It's pretty spicy, so I want to I give it a little bit of anticipation. The one at the top of my list is also spicy, which is why I'm saving that for the end. Ah, very nice. Um, so I did have written down, I did initially think to myself, I was toying with the idea of saying some hip-hop, but we've covered hip-hop on here before, like you said. I was just yeah. waiting for you to say it. Yeah. So that is going out of my notes. Oops, sorry. Every, everybody, <laughs> yeah. Every, we everybody, should have discussed this before yeah, we got on yeah. camera. <laughs> hey, it's a behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. It's an extra bang for your non-buck. We'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, first thing I think I'll say is, you know what? I get a lot of stuff, you know, about, you know, I like a lot of really old music compared to now right uh-huh. but there are some modern artists that do something for okay. me all right and this is largely from influence from my girlfriend but it's music made today in the pop world mm-hmm. that i can listen to and i don't want to fucking claw my ears out yeah um first one i wanted to talk about was Billie eilish I okay. think okay. I th- I think in terms of you know, she might be massive. She might appeal to a younger audience, but you know, she's doing something that sounds completely original. Yeah, you know, her her stuff is like you know, kind of if you took a singer songwriter girl type, made it kind of spooky a little bit, but had like hip hop beats in there, mm-hmm. and that's. That's kind of genius, like, because that is pretty much the soundtrack to the generation of now. You've got yeah. people that are nostalgic for the whole emo thing, right? So mm-hmm. the, a little spooky aesthetic is always going to go a long way. Mm-hmm. But if you've also got a little bit of a hip hop feel in there, and plus they're really good at marketing these days as well. I'm I'm excited by pop stars like this because it's it's yeah. different, you know. It's it's not you know, another carbon copy boy band sort of situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of um, Billie Eilish. I need to listen to her second album a lot more, but... That's what I was going to say, because my daughter is a big Billie Eilish fan, um, hmm. and 
I haven't heard her most recent album. Um, and just just based on the cover alone, I was a little bit skeptical. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. Because like, cause an artist that I, I also like, that I equate, well, I used to like, that I also equate with Billie Eilish is, uh, is, Eilish is uh, Lord. And yeah, the very first Lord album, I not only... I owned it on CD at the time. I listened to it a lot. I thought it was fucking mm. great, but it's that same quality you're talking about where it's very dark music, but it's got like an electronic poppy so kind of feel to it. it with Royals. Royals is on yeah. it. Um, and then like she put out another album, which I think was called Melodrama. And that one I was like, well, half this album's really great. The other half of it, I'm like, eh, I can take or leave it. And then she comes out again with this newish, newest album where she's kind of, gone away from being dark at all and it's Hmm. and it's so like not interesting at all and so whenever i think about like Billie eilish i'm like oh is that gonna happen to her too is she gonna be like oh i'm out of my angsty phase um now i want to sing songs about how everyone needs to turn their cell phones off and go outside (laughs) i'm just like no i don't want that i want i want songs about not about being afraid to go outside that's that's the shit that i want um, I will say there there are songs on there that do feel a little bit more you know angelic and optimistic, but there are songs on there as well on the newest one that are fucking bops. Like therefore I am mm-hmm. is is a tune. That's like got a really cool feel to it. Yeah. Um, I mean this is interesting. Yeah. I, I, now that now that we're talking about this, I realize that I didn't like put anything modern hmm. on this list, and it's probably because when it comes to modern stuff it, it's so when it comes to like you know stuff that's not metal or hip-hop there's not a lot that really like grabs me like i'll hear it and i'll be I'll, I'll like it you know there's 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 plenty of things here and there that i hear and i'll hear a song and go this song's pretty good um a really great example of this and this is i i, I this is a high recommendation for for from me for a uh for a a, a young I guess, pop artist. Um, The newest track, it may not be the newest because people put out so much shit so quickly these days, but the most recent track by Willow, do you know who Willow is? I think so. Willow Smith. She is Will Smith's daughter. Um, Does she just go by Willow now? She goes by Willow. Um, She has a song, I think it's called Maybe It's My Fault. It, It literally has a metal breakdown at the end. Like it, and cool. there's and there's like chugging, like the, the pre-chorus. There's literally a guitar going like that in there, but it's got, a, but it breaks into this really well-written pop melody for the chorus. Her vocals sound amazing. The arrangement of the song is really cool and really enjoyable, and it's also dark. It has a dark quality to it, cool. and it's honestly, it's not the first song from Willow that I liked. Like there's been a few that like I've heard through my daughter or or just randomly because you know she's fucking Will Smith's daughter and so you know I uh I, I I've heard it but keep just- my daughter's name out <laughs> your fucking mouth <laughs> oh my god um but I I Love highly you, recommend that I, I highly recommend just just if you got your Spotify's or Apple Music just go to Willow and it's called maybe it's my fault and you you'll be surprised at. Because it's the kind of thing where I listen to it and I go, is this the future of like, 
bringing rock and roll back because there's rock elements in this song. I mean, really, mm. if you break it down, if you take the production thing out of it, it's it's actually just a rock song. It's just got poppy qualities to it. But yeah, I'm like, this may be the way that it's going to happen where all the younger kids get into this music that has this little bit of heaviness to it. And it, yeah. and it becomes a thing that leads them down the road. I mean, I did a whole fucking album review of the last um, MGK album. Um, yeah. And, it, and the only reason I did that was because I heard it and I went, this is a thing that tons of young people are listening to. I think it's okay, but it's not awful. Mm. But it, it gives me that idea of like, oh, this is a we Because the only way we're going to get back to, to rock being a big deal is by having stuff that's accessible, accessible that brings the young people back to it, and then it, there becomes a boom of bands, and then we start getting some really fucking great shit. It, great, great shit's not going to happen right out of the gate, um, mm. but uh, but I, I, it makes me excited. Song things like that. I don't. I don't even. I'm not even. I'm gonna. I'm not including MGK on my list of things that I like because it's. <laughs> you go back and listen to it again, and you're like, all right, it's a little heavy-handed in the. Uh, I'm an emo pop punk guy kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's a good start with, uh, with Billie Eilish. Um, yeah. Do you do, do just, just stay on the modern tip here. Do you have anything else modern, like in your list you want to talk about? Yeah. Cause I, you know, I have, a t- I have two others as well. And, um, I, I, I have this like nostalgia connected to it very quickly uh-huh. it, i've i've never had something develop such nostalgia so quickly but i remember uh during the summer of 2019 just hearing shit tons of doja cat uh-huh. and you know girlfriend's a big fan and vicariously through her i became a fan because one she's a hilarious person like behind the scenes like the shit she gets up to she posts online she doesn't act like a celebrity she's just like a she's just like a big kid really and i, I like that energy but you know mm-hmm. on the flip side you know streets is one of the sexiest songs i've ever heard <laughs> so it's I, like- I don't i don't think i've ever heard any song I've heard like bits of it but i all i know is that no song has made me go oh i want to hear the rest of the song it's always been like okay <laughs> so it's, it's not connected yeah. with me at all for, for me, it's more like you kind of, if you know her personality and you know that she's got a lot of very tongue in cheek kind of qualities to her, uh-huh. that like, you know, some songs are more serious than others. Yeah. But she, she's got a song called Moo where she literally dressed in this like cow onesie and she made this song in a day on a, on like a, she was like, screw it. What have I got? I've got a green screen and a cow outfit. And she made this whole song where she raps about being a cow. And <laughs> it's hilarious. But like, she's like the only one who could get away with that and do it so well. Yeah. And I think, you know, if anyone was going to do it, it'd be her. But yeah. Oh, and, uh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say that another, another artist, another modern artist that I, d- I don't necessarily you know, there's no specific album or songs that I think are like really great, but I like mm. her voice and I think she has the potential of doing some really cool shit is uh, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. I, I really no, like her voice. And of course, like, you know, like Wrecking Ball is a great song. Like, you know, she mm-hmm. she has she has her moments. The interesting thing about her, because it made me think of that because you brought up like the cow thing, like uh, 
Miley Cyrus did an entire album where her backing band was the Flaming Lips. Yeah. And and it's like a really bizarre album. And I and I wish that I liked it more because I, I heard it and mm. I go, I, I love that this exists, but it's, I'm not going to listen to this again. But she has that same quality of like somebody that um, I feel like if thing if things are going to be odd or out of the ordinary or silly or whatever, I feel I feel like she could probably pull that off. And I just and I like her voice as well. So she's she's got potential that kid. She's going places. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought that her voice was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit. I'm gonna raise my hand now. When I first got my iPod when I just turned 11 years old, uh-huh. there might have been one or two Hannah Montana songs on that iPod. Well, you would have, you were 11. That's appropriate. I, that was, that was my generation, but I yeah. was also a dude. So I didn't go around announcing that shit. Nah, Hannah it, Montana it, was funny. If I was a kid, I would have been all over Hannah Montana. I, yeah. I, that would have been, cause like just, I, cause there was, I liked shows about music and musicians and whatever, however loose, loosely it was done. When I was a kid, I always loved that shit. So I know that I would have been into Hannah Montana if I was your age. And I always, I always liked how Billy Ray Cyrus, you know, plays, you know, himself in in the show, um, you know. Uh, but he was very, he was very self aware, you know. So he yeah. would make jokes about, you know, achy break your heart and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I used to love the Disney Channel shows, man. I'll tell you what. I, a reason for that is most of my friends, you know, growing up, you know, my mm-hmm. best friend was a girl like right the way through. And we just kind of always like, she would watch the dude shows and I would watch the girl shows. I mean, but there was there, even the girl shows like quote unquote still had like side characters who were dudes who would do dude shit. So yeah. 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 I, I, for I, some I reason, I just that. had a I, I had I had a, a vision of of you using your green screen so you could do one of those Disney Channel intros. You're like, I'm Eddie Sparks, <laughs> yeah. and you're watching the Disney Channel, and you do a little <laughs> <laughs> just draw a fucking cock instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be really funny. Thank you for that idea. Get to work. <laughs> um. What, what do you got? What you got left for modern? Because I'm li- I mean, literally, I'm taking us back once I start getting into stuff. No worries. Uh, I've got Megan the Stallion. That would count because even though it is hip hop, um, it is pop also. Um, yeah, and she's from Houston, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, let's let's celebrate um, the talent from Houston. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I like her. Um, uh, there's no particular songs of hers that I've heard that I'm like, that's the one. But um, I hear her even when she like guests on other people's stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, she just made this other person look like they were fucking amateur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's the thing as well. Like, there's so many songs of hers where I've heard it and I just find myself. I do the riff face. Yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. She, I, she, she's I, great. I love her delivery, man. Have you ever heard um, Girls in the Hood? She literally yes. did like a, yeah. See, I, I love that. She my, my, re- my wife really likes that song. She, it's, a, it's on a playlist I think she has, and I heard it a few times. It's, it's a cool yeah. song. Fuck being good. I'm a bad bitch. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've heard my wife, like she's, you know, sewing or something, has her headphones on. I'm pretty sure I've heard her doing <laughs> that line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, dude. 
So is, I'm going to be kind of quick with a, with with some of mine because I realize that some of mine I've talked about on this show, but they're really important artists to me, and I feel I'm I'm trying to like pick and choose like what I talk about now because I'm like some things are like not going to be that big of a surprise, but I feel like they're they're worth talking about. Um, yeah, I am a really really big fan of this gentleman right here. Um, do 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 do. Phil Collins. Do I, br- I brought records. I always bring records, and, and I'm holding up the No Jacket Required album from Phil Collins. Um, and I can tell it's an original because he's not old. Yeah, he's not old. <laughs> it's a, it, it is an OG <laughs> copy. Um, it I like his voice. I love hearing him sing. And mm-hmm. so that's why, like, when you get into that argument of like, oh, Genesis was better when they were psychedelic and they had Peter Gabriel. I'm like, no, because I can't stand listening to Peter Gabriel sing. Phil <laughs> Collins voice has like this power and soul to it. Um, and he I love I literally love everything he sings on. Like it doesn't you fucking Tarzan soundtrack. I'm fine with that. Mm. Um, I just I just um but he's a guy that I always want to talk about because I feel like there's still about, you know, half of the people out there that just think that Phil Collins music was like a joke or something or he's just dumb pop music. I'm like, the dude is insanely talented and insanely good songwriter and a great singer and a great drummer. I mean, the guy's like, you know, he's one of those things that everyone around the world should be constantly celebrating. And I feel like he's come around a little bit because the memes within the air tonight like became a thing. Yeah. Um, so I think people Hell, give him a look. I did one. You did one. I love that one too. Yeah. But uh, I realize that that's not really that bold of a thing. Like, oh, I'm into Phil Collins. But I really am. Like, as a singer, he's one of my favorite singers. Like, I, if there was a top 10 vocalist of all time, Phil Collins for me is going to be on that list. Cool. Because I love the way that he sounds. Um, speaking of, I'm going to move even further back. And then maybe we can get back to you for, for a second. But speaking of top 10 singers of all time... Uh, Otis Redding, nice. now, right here. This is a, a fucking like a three a three LP like collection of, of Otis Redding. This was like from the sixties or seventies. Because like um, I don't know if you if you know much about Otis Redding, yeah. but he's an insanely good singer. He was because he died really young. Like he was, mm-hmm. I think he was like twenty five or something was like that. Plane crash, wasn't it? I believe it was a plane crash. But the thing yeah. that's so crazy about his music is that you listen to Otis Redding. You listen to his voice, the songs he did. You watch, like, there's a great performance he did at Monterey, like where Jimi Hendrix played and everything. Mm. You watch that guy and you're like, no way that guy is in his 20s. He's got the fucking talent and soul of a guy that's been doing it for 20 years or more. Yeah. And so it just blows my mind every time I hear him. I'm one of the greatest vocalists ever, in my opinion. And he didn't make it to 30. And I'm just like, I mean, and, and, my, and it's so funny because my 20s are like a period that I just want to wipe out of history in everybody's brains. <laughs> like if I could literally do like a men in black thing where I just go boops and like everyone yeah. forgets everything I ever did in my 20s, I'd be I'd be so <laughs> I'd be so happy for that. Whereas Otis Redding, like that's his that was his prime. And um, the, 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 the I highly recommend if you ever get a chance, just go to YouTube and type in Otis Redding at Monterey. Because his performance is insane. And the the rumor that I always heard, I don't know if it's true or not, was that um, Jimi Hendrix was supposed to play after, well, he, he did. I think he played after or later on after Otis Redding. 
And the 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 rumor is that backstage Jimi Hendrix was nervous as fuck because Otis Redding was on. And he's like, I don't think I can follow this. And so wow. from what I've from what I've heard, that was a big reason why he decided to light his guitar on fire because he's just like, I gotta <laughs> fucking upstage Otis Redding somehow. Um, and and it's wow. so funny to hear things like that from Jimmy fucking Hendrix, <laughs> another dude that like in his twenties was just knocking it out of the park. That's not that's not weird music to talk about because it's fucking Jimmy Hendrix. But um, two two of my favorite singers of all time, right there, Phil Collins, Otis Redding. Um, two things I think a lot of people would be like, oh, I didn't realize you'd be into them. Um, so that, that out of character, not guilty pleasures. I, man, I have so much pleasure in me with <laughs> Phil and Otis. Anyway, what do you, <laughs> what do you got, sir? <laughs> I was just going to say like with, with Phil Collins, I have like, there's several, several things that I think of when I think Phil Collins, not only some great songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. holy shit. Like yeah. easy lover. What a tune. Oh, I love Easy Lover. Yeah. And like oh, but I I just love that we can we can always bring it back to the PS2 era GTA games. Yeah. Because there is a mission in Vice City Stories where you have to keep Phil Collins safe. Like and he plays himself and he voices himself. No and way. Yeah, you can That's you awesome. can look at it on you can look at it on YouTube. Like, there's yeah. a mission where you have to stop hitmen trying to get to Phil Collins while he plays in the air tonight, and you're up in like the stage rigging, shooting these bad guys, trying to kill, f- kill Phil Phil Collins, and it's like so funny and so surreal. But like at that point, you know, it, it that was the last game made for that era, yeah. And it was like, okay, we've already cemented ourselves as like one of the biggest games in the world. Let's yeah. let's not just, you know, mention these celebrities. Let's have one in the game. Yeah. And it's so funny. Like you get involved in because it's set in 1984. You're involved in all this cocaine stuff. You're involved in, you know, all all of the most 80s cliches and tropes. They just lovingly fit into them. Mm-hmm. But the the Phil Collins mission is just one of those things. Like even if you can't play it, it's still worth a watch on YouTube because it's just so amusing. Yeah. Like seeing this like uh, Play-Doh looking Phil Collins, <laughs> you know, on on stage trying not to get shot <laughs> while yeah. you're up in the stage rig and rescuing him. But another one which also ties in because he was in a an episode of Miami Vice and. That was really fun too. I mean, the first Miami Vice soundtrack has "In the Air Tonight" on it, right? I think. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Because I, I think he appears in like the second season because it went down so well. He was like, "Oh, I want to be in it." Even I think um, Jan Hammer, the like yeah. uh, dude that did the soundtrack from Miami Vice, mm-hmm. he appears in like a, a scene in an episode where he's the wedding DJ. It's hilarious, like nice. how they fit these you know people into these things. Yeah, no. But yeah, I, mean, I, I Phil Collins yeah. is fucking great, it, and, and and it's a little bit, and it breaks my heart a little bit seeing footage of him currently on this Genesis tour because he's like whatever is going on, whatever ailments he has, he can't stand up. Yeah, um, and he just looks like an old man now, and I'm like, oh man, how many more years do we have with Phil Collins? And because I mean, I, I, he seems like a pretty smart guy, and I think that you know maybe one more tour, and he'll probably just be like, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and live the rest of my life. Um, by everyone and that's kind of sad but you know 
that's the that's the thing that I'm not ready for is watching all of my heroes get really old and die. Um, yeah, because uh, because a lot of the people that I would consider my heroes, a lot of them are 10, 15 years older than me. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, not to not to be not to be a downer, <laughs> but but yeah, Phil Collins, for those of you out there that like know in the air tonight and maybe like Susudio, which are both great songs. But, you know, I, I, I mean, I would I would say that if you really need to get an idea of how great he is, um, go listen to the song. I don't care anymore. Um, oh, or um, that's even, in GTA five. Yeah, that that's a fucking yeah. <laughs> insanely good song. Um, you know, there's a Love there's it. there's great songs like there's there's one on on No Jacket Required called Inside Out that wasn't even a single. And it's just I love that song so much. And then, mm. you know, things he did with Genesis. But, you know, um, there's a song on one of his later albums called I think it's called um, I Wish It Would Rain Down. And that's a fucking in, incredible song. And you just hear his voice and he just has this thing where his voice just fucking soars over the fucking music for me. So um, anyway, where, where, where do you want to go from here? Cool. Um, whew, good question. Uh, I have a few here to pull from. What what mm-hmm. time are we at? Oh, 37. Oh, plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, let's. I'm going to take it to kind of a. A, a strange place that okay cool cool the, it kind of this is like the one genre that for me overlaps both old and new so okay for me i want to talk a little about a little bit about vaporwave oh all right yeah which is a genre I, folks if you don't know vaporwave you, you want to maybe explain it briefly yeah it's kind of like um imagine you've got like some you know, 80s, like some cheesy 80s commercial music, but you pull it apart, you dissect it, you sample it, and then all of a sudden, a few other cool samples later, you've got this really cool vibey thing. Some bands are a little bit more experimental with it. Some bands go a little bit more um, vibey with it, which is what I tend to like. I tend to like the mostly instrumental stuff. Because it kind of feels like this, you know, psychedelic, surreal thing where it's like this altered reinterpretation of the past into something new. Yeah. And I, you know, I like that. It it doesn't dwell on the nostalgia. It kind of, you know, celebrates these things. You know, there's a, there's a group uh, or, or, or an artist, sorry, uh, Luxury Elite. They're a really good example of some, you know, cool vaporwave that I like to listen to. It's like quite nice and chill for the most part. It's good relaxing music. I I like to listen to. I, I prefer the would, more relaxing vaporwave. Would would va- would vaporwave cover bands like Perturbator and uh, that would that's more in the synthwave sort of synthwave. Okay, all right. So yeah, there's there's a aesthetically. They share some similarities. Yeah. But stylistically, you know, Synthwave is like total celebration of like airbrushed action movie posters and just kick ass, you know, piloting a fucking Trans Am that can fly for some reason sort yeah. of stuff. It's, the, it's, like, it's, it's, it's essentially music that sounds like this, what I wish every movie soundtrack still sounded like. Yeah. I, yeah. I, miss, I miss that kind of shit. 
Yeah, I got a bunch of like great synthwave recommendations as well. The the Kung Fury soundtrack yeah. is a prime example of synthwave. And 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 um, you got True Survivor by uh, David Hasselhoff on there. <laughs> yeah. Man. It, what the fuck happened is, with Kung Fury? Were they weren't they making like a full length movie out of it? I uh well, let's have a look. Uh, yeah, I'm because check on their I YouTube channel right because now. I remember the the thirty minute version or whatever it is came out, and I remember I loved it. And then I, I was following them on social media, and they got picked up. They got a deal where they were going to do a, a full-length version of Kung Fury you know, with a big studio. And that was hmm. like, that had to have been like six or seven years ago, maybe? The, six years yeah. ago. Yeah. Well, Kung Fury came out seven years ago. Fucking hell, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, like, the original. And that mm-hmm. one's awesome. Yeah. But, like, they... Kind of drip fed like behind the scenes stuff, mm-hmm. and like uh, they did a um mobile game and, and everything as well. Um, but as far as I know, they haven't released anything new in the last four years. But I'm I would love to see another Kung Fury, even if it was just another half hour one. Yeah, but I would love I, to see a I, I, full on. I'll have to do some research into that because I because it, I don't know if that movie just fell through or they decided to do something else. I don't know. But um, what's the line where it's like, uh, <laughs> what time am I in? Prehistoric times. That explains the laser raptors. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a, that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I, it's yeah. A, I'm I'm going I'm going through and I'm all like I'm eliminating things that I'm all like ah eh, this won't be that interesting to talk about because I, I I came stocked with the idea of like oh what if we run through things really quick and there's it's not really like going well so <laughs> some of these things I do not need to talk about fair um but I gotta do, get, do, I got do what I gotta, you wish man I gotta get I have to give a minute to this to uh to Hall and Oates oh. because I'm pretty sure you also are into Hall and Oates because I just knowing what you Yo, like. Yeah. A touch, yeah, I'm out and that's time, the album I'm holding up, Big Bamboo. Hey. Which, when I was a kid, I was I loved that album. So, like, Holland Oates is an well, I guess you could put Phil Collins in the same boat. Um, artists that I've been into since I was a kid, um, and I love all Holland Oates stuff from the 70s stuff, it's a little more groovy, all of all the way to the big production of like this album. Because it's like, I think when when this album came out. It was one of the most expensive albums ever made, uh, Big Bam Boom, because they wow. were they were interested in using the most cutting edge technology. So everything on that album, it sounds very dated now, but at the time, which I think was 1983 or something like that, maybe 84, sometime around there. Um, it was like literally the coolest shit that you could equipment you could get and the looping and keys and whatever. It was like the height of like all the best, you know, technology. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, I think hollow notes have enough praise out there that they're not an artist. I think needs me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, here's them. a really, it, that's <clears throat> the thing. It's, it's really cool. Cause I can bounce off of this as well. I'm in a lot of like, uh, you know, Grand Theft Auto nostalgia groups yeah. on Facebook. You know, I was, I was always a big fan of them growing up. Um, Hall of Notes, Out of Touch, is just another reason why Vice City probably has the most perfectly crafted soundtrack of any game ever. You yeah. can just tell that they were like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> the, last, the last game we made had a, like, 
well, grossed a shit ton of money. We should spend it all on licensing all these tracks so we can make this 80s Miami utopia. And lo and behold, they did that, it. That but had to have been fun. So, like, like, you yeah. know, like building the game world and the story of the game, that's one thing. But just to be on, be there when they're just like throwing out ideas of like, oh, this song's got to be on there. And when they actually re- realize they could get that song, like it's, yeah. it, it had to have been nothing but fun, like putting that shit together. There's actually a really cool, like, uh, it's really short, but you see enough of it. You get to see all of the, it's like a really old video, like pre-YouTube video. Uh And it is, it's on YouTube now, but it was clearly put onto like some sort of like website as like a, here's a look at behind the scenes, like early 2000s internet. Yeah. But it's this really cool behind the scenes footage of the voice cast for um that game vice city holy shit i forgot how many celebrities voice act in that game yeah fucking uh, ray liotta gary Busey, philip michael thomas um obviously miami vice um god who else yeah the other guy from miami vice (laughs) yeah yeah. uh yeah who also also did an album too because like don johnson put out an album and then Philip yeah. Michael Thomas did too, and I think everyone was like, "Ah, we're we're listening to Don Johnson's album." <laughs> and it, it's funny because I'm going to keep this train going because "Heartbeat" by Don Johnson is in GTA Five yeah. on the the like classic rock station, and it's it's just so funny to like they've done so many at this point that it's undeniable how responsible they are for all the a sizable chunk of the music I know. Yeah. So. I I do tend to bring them up a lot, but that's only out of just sheer affection because it's it's just where I found all my stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I, my, um, stuff like that. The Don Johnson album and Philip Michael Thomas just reminds me of my mom because my mom wasn't a person that bought music very often. But if a person from a TV show or a movie she liked put out an album, she owned it. She owned Rick Springfield because Rick Springfield was on like General Hospital or some soap opera. Yeah. She owned Don Johnson, she owned Eddie Murphy. She owned like all of these these different albums. Party All the Time is a fucking killer song by the way. <laughs> Party All the Time is in GTA 5. <laughs> I, I love that song. That song is, and I love the video of that. I don't know if you've watched the video for Party All the Time, but it's all like they're in the mm-hmm. studio recording Party All the Time. For some reason, there's like two or three electric guitar players in there doing shit. There is no electric guitar anywhere on that song. <laughs> but yet there's these dudes that are all like, we need, we need guitar. Just put some guitars behind me. No, it's all synthesizer. That's the thing, though. That's one of those songs that, would perfectly lend itself to being a hard rock song. Yeah. Like, like songwriting wise, there is absolutely no reason it wouldn't work, but it yeah. also works really well with just all synth. And I love that. Yeah. Fucking Rick James, man. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I love that song. But that, that's that's almost that's almost a pretty good segue into another like genre and group of bands that I would like to get into that I'm like I really love. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me get let me get ready for this because this is going to be this is a whole thing here. So um, one of my one of the things that I love is uh, late '80s, early '90s R and B. Love it. 
So, like, you know, you're starting, like, you know, if you want to start here with, you know, Bobby Brown, don't be cruel. I'm I'm going <laughs> to chime in here and say I've got the exact same stuff here. I've got a new Jack Swing section on my notes. So, so that's that's what that yeah, that's what was happening around that time was the new Jack Swing started, but it wasn't just that. It was it was R&B there, there was something that happened with R&B music where because of the popularity of hip hop, they started to merge. Mm-hmm. And so I love Bobby Brown. And then another great one. Well, if you're going to talk Bobby Brown, you you, you can't fucking leave out Bell Biv DeVoe. Um, so and this this whole fucking album, the whole Poison album, is is so good. And and I like I loved it at the time. And it's never like Poison is one of those songs that has never not been a party starter for me. Hmm. Um, and I just love that whole vibe. And then you go a little further into the '90s, and you get TLC. Yeah. Um, who, T- TLC's probably it's my second favorite girl group. Um, we'll get into my first a little bit later, but there's a uh, but this I, I love TLC and it, but once again I guess you could extend that new jack swing to all of this music, um, mm. and I I it's like you know you can any song from that era even ones that like I don't think are that great it doesn't matter the vibe of that era of R and B is just so fucking great. And that's, I loved when they did, there was that, to bring it back a little bit more modern, there was that, uh, what's his fucking, what's that guy's name? God damn it, why am I blanking on... on Bruno Mars? Uh, Bruno Mars, there are you going. Yeah. That song he did with Cardi B that sounds like a New Jack Swing song. Yeah, is that Finesse, fin- I think no. it's called? Oh, it is Finesse, it is Finesse, yeah. Dripping yeah. um, in Finesse. I, yeah. I I love that. I love that song. Hold on, I gotta drink, get a drink of water. No worries. Little, but yeah, all beer music, maestro. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of that stuff I, I just absolutely love. But the but coming out of that, so obviously I like that whole vibe of mm. the of the uh of the nineties R and B, but I found myself over the years, and especially within the last few years, developing an appreciation also for 90s boy band style stuff um Mm -hmm. now my 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 go-to for that is backstreet boys um i i'm more like i know if if you if we we were back in the 90s everyone would have their camp who are you in sync or backstreet boys um when they were out at the time i'm like fuck all of these people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wanted nothing to do. I remember that I was, I think I was probably 20, 19 or 20, something like that. It's in the late nineties. And I remember I'm just watching MTV. Cause even though they played a lot of stuff I didn't care for MTV was kind of always on mm. it, because I was just, it was like a comfort. And sometimes they'd play, play songs that I like. And sometimes they'd have music news. I'm like, Oh, I want to know what's going on in music. But I just remember one day they're like, Oh, the one of the most you know requested songs on MTV. Here it is, the Backstreet Boys, and I don't know what song it was. It was from their first album, and I just remember looking at it, going, "Didn't we get rid of this kind of music already?" Because like <laughs> New Kids on the Block had already come in and were yeah. no longer cool, and then all of a sudden it's like Backstreet Boys, and I'm like, "Did I miss something?" Where all of a sudden <laughs> shit that everybody hated became shit that is popular, and that's that's why music. That's when I knew that music, popular music, had kind of blown past me. Um, yeah. but that being said, these days you throw on, you know, I want it that way or, or backstreets back everybody. It doesn't matter. 
That yeah. shit, as, yeah. the, as the kids say, that shit slaps um, mm. to me. And, um, it's a ball. And, and I, I brought this up before um, on another episode. I think it was on the Def Leppard episode because we were talking about that vibe of the stuff that they did. Wow. There yeah. is a, a, a recent Backstreet Boys song called Don't Go Breaking My Heart. And it's not a cover of the Elton John song. It's a completely different song. But it is... If you're talking about a pop song that has come out in the past 20 years, it is the best. I have not heard another song that that literally that is my 2000s, you know, this millennium pop jam. It is so fucking good. The sound of it with the keys and synthesizers and the the vocal melodies of it and the beat, everything is just so fucking good that I remember I I I was a I was in an Uber Dude, you got Ubers mm. over there, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was in an Uber. I don't remember where I, where I was you going. You kidding? We got horse and carriage. <laughs> yeah. I was in an Uber, and I remember, like, you know, the, the guy was just rent playing the radio, and this song was on, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this song? This is so good. And so I, I whipped out my phone, and, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know if I had Shazam or if I Googled it, but it came up, like, oh, this is... Don't go breaking my heart by the Backstreet Boys. I'm like, no fucking way. Um, which I mean, now you if you listen to it, you'll go, oh, it sounds you know kind of like the Backstreet Boys. But the song mm. is like you know, it's like f- five years old. I think it's you know, it's not not very old. Um, but it's like one of those things that like I'm like, man, these guys that that should it should have been huge. And it was probably huge with Backstreet Boys fans. But, you know, but I, I am enjoying that whole vibe so much that recently, like, you know, I, I, I started following like the Backstreet Boys, like on their social medias and stuff. And mm-hmm. they're on tour right now. And every time they show they have a clip of them on stage, I'm like, that looks so fun. I kind of would like to go. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's funny you should bring up the boy band thing because I'm now seeing like that era is now. 20 years ago so people who were kids then are now like in a similar way to how in the late 90s and early 2000s you started to see a resurgence of the glam bands going out and touring again and you know teaming up doing these big tours you know of course it was like a nostalgia thing but it was still great to see you know people getting back out and enjoying themselves but like I saw, um, you know that Pixar movie, Turning Red? Uh, it's the no. one with the red panda in it. It's the newest, it's like one of the newest ones. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that, that's, it, that's probably why I don't know it, because my daughter's 11 now, and so I have no clue what's going on in the world <laughs> of kids' movies, because she's like, she's way past it. We're fucking watching It right now. We're about to watch It Part nice. 2. Which that movie fucking blows, by the way. Holy well, really, crap. Well, the new one. Yes. I haven't seen part two yet, but part one, how it, does anyone think that's good? <laughs> it's like, I, I won't go into it, but it's just so badly done that. Um, and also, I, 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 I was complaining to my family, too, because I'm all like, look, th- I think this is lost on me because clowns are not scary to me. They're boring as fuck. And so every time the clown shows up, I'm like. All right. I mean, you know, come on. The, the blood all you know coming out of the sink all over the place. That was scarier than this fucking goofball. <laughs> anyway, so where, 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 how did we get to that? I'm sorry. I, I just jumped uh, right over to. Oh, you were talking about Turning Red, the, the Pixar Turning movie. Red. Yeah. So the cool thing about it is that it's set 
this is how significant this is. Okay. And it was kind of a wake-up call for me because I would have been four. We now have movies that are affectionately set in the early 2000s because it's set in 2002. Okay. And the, there's a big focus on the girls in the movie want to see a boy band, but the main character's mum won't let her because, like, you know, she has this thing where if she gets overexcited, she turns into this red panda, this giant <laughs> red panda. And it's it's like a really cute, it's a really cute movie. It sounds like, like it. Yeah, it, but it's it's so funny to see these, like, I, that's like the first era I remember, you know? Like, yeah. I vaguely remember, you know, being a wide-eyed four or five-year-old, looking at the TV, oh, they're dancing, they're dancing on the TV, that's cool. Yeah. Good for yeah. them. <laughs> Everybody's cheering. This is cool. Can we can we put can we put Bob the Builder back on now, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's funny that that we were just I, that that it led us in this direction where I brought up the movie It because in the movie It there's references to New Kids on the Block, mm-hmm. which to me, if you watch that movie again, the movie is apparently set in the '80s, and you wouldn't know that except for the fact that there's two new kids on the block reference, and one of the bullies wears metal shirts. But everything else about it, there's nothing '80s about that movie at all. <laughs> and I'm just like, why do you, why even do that if you're not just gonna go? You know, I guess at one point they're standing in front of a marquee in the in a movie theater, and it says like Batman and Lethal Weapon Two behind them. Um, and I I think I just wish they had gone more. Just make make it more 80s, okay? But I guess you have to be in a small town where it's kind of frozen in time and, like, bad shit can happen. Anyway, never mind. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that movie, <laughs> so hopefully part two will be better. It's got it's got Bill Hader in it. I like Bill Hader, so. Here's a question. Do you like the original? You mean the TV movie? Yeah. Yes. Tim Curry as, as yeah. Pennywise? Now, that, that one is it's, it's cheesy as fuck at times. But when it I came still, out, like I saw yeah. it on TV when it came out, it was an ordeal where it was like everyone at school was like, oh, fuck, it comes on tonight. And I think it was in two parts. Part one was one yeah. night and part two was another night. And I just remember it was required viewing. You watched mm-hmm. it when it was on, you know, no, no TiVo. Nothing. It was like commercials and all that shit. And then the next day you go to school and you're like, oh, man, that was fucking awesome. And uh, and so I still I have a bit of nostalgia for that, even though I, I know it's dated and aside from tim curry i think the movie is is pr- probably doesn't have the best acting in it i just remember what's that yeah. what's that what's the kid's name that played um played uh bill in the movie i don't know i haven't seen it in a long uh, he's a, time he's so an, act, he's an actor that was in like a movie called ladybugs where he dressed as a girl and played soccer um and then he he was in a show called sequest and then he killed himself so i don't uh oh, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry to bring it down. But anyway, there's a scene that I used to, even when I was a kid, I used to quote it because the acting was so bad. And it was the that Bill going, um, you killed my brother, George, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and I always thought that was a really great delivery. Rest in peace, Ladybug's kid. I don't remember what his name was. <laughs> One of my, uh, was, I remember watching, uh, I was watching, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street with um, with my mum 
who funnily enough like, like the original 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 first nice. movie yes and i was i was watching it with you know here's the thing right on the one hand my mum brought me up on 80s movies yeah right but i was under the impression growing up that she had every 80s movie ever made on dvd yeah. come to find i get about you know five you know five years older i'm like oh shit there's a bunch of these that we don't own what the fuck's up with that come to find she'd never seen any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. No way. She was from the fucking 80s. And she'd never seen the Rambo movies, and I had. So I was like, that's it. Fucking marathon. That, sat there both watched, of those are like, yeah. it's it's almost like, are, it's, it's, it was like, was your mom like locked in a basement <laughs> for many years? <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. She, she knew movies like, you know, Weird Science, The Breakfast Club, Ghostbusters. Sure, yeah. I think, I think she knew the big ones that were kind of more coming of age Wait, you know, movies how, how, than your like mom is my age movies. right yeah same well actually she's two years older it, it could be that she wasn't able she wasn't able to watch r-rated movies because it sounds like all the ones you're rattling off are not r-rated movies maybe it was yeah, that sort could, of thing could be it's it's also like we've we've never really or over there it's not r what is it over there 17 plus well, or something well we've got in britain we've got uh you, which is universal, anyone can watch it. It's mostly kids' movies. Mm. PG, uh, some kids' movies, some adult comedies, maybe. Like, Sometimes well, they say no, shit in those yeah. movies. <laughs> you get the occasional crap, maybe. Oh. Um, but then you get to 12, which is like mild sex references. Then you get 15, which is like, you know swearing is allowed but you know full frontal nudity is not and then you've got 18 plus or sorry 18 which is fuck it yeah yeah because it in you know when you're 18 over here you can drink so you're considered a full-blown adult <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm guessing that would be the equivalent of r but yeah that's that is really yeah. weird that that your mom hadn't seen at least one nightmare on elm street movie because that's yeah. yeah, I think she'd seen Friday the Thirteenth. To be to be fair, we weren't really a, a horror family growing up. It's only recently, in recent years, where I've just kind of branched out and just yeah. heard a bunch of really cool things about you know eighties horror movies. You know, like The Thing and other things like that. I mean, honestly, you know? I'm not a very big horror fan when it comes to modern movies. Like, it, but horror movies from the eighties and maybe the the first half of the nineties, totally into mm. those. Yeah, for sure. Definitely watched a lot of uh, 80s comedy and action movies though, growing up. Like, 10-year-old me w was watching Point Break, man. Fucking oh, loving fuck it. yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. So that that's... um. So so you... But you watched Nightmare on Elm Street with your mom. Oh, yeah. Where I was going with that is yeah. that there's a line in, in that movie where, like, the mom is so deadpan where she just goes, he's dead, honey. He's dead because mommy killed him. Yes. And it's like, it just yes. fucking cracked us both up. And it was just like... That, that actress is fucking great. Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, that's, that's the next thing with my daughter. that Because we're going to, you know, I, know, I knew that she really wanted to watch It. So we're getting that out of the way. And I'm like, when we're done with this, can we watch the Nightmare on Elm Street movies? And I'm, you know, and I'm like, well, because at first I was like, oh, man, because like sometimes there's some boobs in them and there's some some suggestive themes, themes and some language. But I was like, by the time I was 11, I had already seen all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies that had been made up to that point. And so yeah. I'm like, all right, we're good. We're going to we're going to jump into Nightmare on Elm Street next. 
It's one of those weird things, isn't it? Like where I've I've thought to myself, like if I have a kid one day, am I going to draw the line at the same place? You know, uh, say I my line was drawn, or would mm-hmm. I go a bit more lenient, or would I be a little bit straight? I think I would just. I mean, you know, I haven't stabbed anyone as far as I know. So, you know, they kind of fucked me up that bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I think it's part of it is because it's, it's, a, it's, she's a girl and I didn't grow up being a girl. So I don't, I also don't know how this kind of stuff yeah. seems to a young girl. Um, but, you know, my wife helps and, out with that. So, you know. And, you know, as a, as a father, you're naturally protective of your daughter. Yeah, it's, it's a good that, way to be. That's that's for damn sure. Big um, scary dad energy. That's the way. Yeah. Some 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 <laughs> but, movies though. You're right. Like some, the movie movies that I was brought up on and loved, and you know, a lot of times got to see in the theater. I I, I watch them now, and I'm like, these are brutal. Some of these are brutal fucking movies. For yeah, you know, like may, maybe the maybe the special effects aren't that good, and maybe the you know the blood itself is not as grotesque as a lot of other movies. But just the theme overall of the things happening in a lot of these movies, I'm just like, yeah, there's a lot of like violence and yeah, and almost like unapologetic violence, especially when you're talking about you know being a big yeah. fan of like Schwarzenegger and Stallone and all of those things where you know. I mean, literally, like one of the most memorable scenes from a Rambo movie is he just walks into a room and he shoots his machine gun everywhere. And I'm like, yeah. like is that a, is a theme a scene that would even get passed on in a, in a movie these days? <laughs> because it's, you know, it's like it's crazy. It's like <laughs> anyway, but we're, we're, we, we we totally went off topic. But let's 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 wrap it up. There, there's there are like moments of you know kind of. Not, not to you know actually do it, but I have thought to myself, I bet in that moment when Sylvester Stallone got to fire an entire M60 magazine yeah. into that office, yeah, like nobody's in it, nobody's getting shot. It's no. just a ah, ah! Get, yeah, <laughs> get get the. <laughs> yeah, just get the fucking stress out. Yeah. It's like, I, my favorite bit is, you know, mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is, man. I want more movies like that. Like, that's why, like, I really love, like, John Wick and stuff like that. Is because, like, like just give me a movie where it's a dude being a badass and he doesn't talk a lot. Like, that is yeah. more more of those kind of movies. I mean, and and I think that they're, they're happening. I think that because of the success of John Wick, I think we're going to see a lot of movies where it's like, one lone yeah. man. Everyone's scared shitless of him because he's <laughs> he killed a guy with a pencil one time. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that. I love that opening opening line. One man. Everyone's scared shitless of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Do, 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 do this summer. Do 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 one man. <laughs> there's this there's this great movie from the 80s, and you may have seen it. It's called Crazy People. People with Dudley Moore and it's, no. it, it's a movie where he gets he has a breakdown and he gets sent to like a mental hospital and he but he's a guy that works for an ad agency and he somehow gets all these mental patients to help him start working on ads for stuff 
and one of them is like a, a tagline for a horror movie. And the tagline is, this movie won't just scare you. It will fuck you up for life. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, like in the movie, the, li- the movie has lines around the block. Like ready yeah. for this movie, and there's like there's a there's so many great scenes where it's like where it's like you see you see the difference in these ads. It's like the ad that you have says "Come to the Bahamas," ours says "Come in the Bahamas." <laughs> <laughs> it's a really That's funny amazing. movie. Yeah, um, that sounds it, man. I, I think check it, that out. I don't I, th- I don't know if it was 80s or early 90s, but I just remember it being a movie that I saw. That I just thought was fucking hilarious, and it's in parts crazy of it's people. still crazy people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to, anyway, I'll have to so look at that. That was our movie <laughs> tangent, folks. Yes. I'm going to so, chunky what tangent. You, what do you have left to talk about? How many things you have left uh, on your list? Um, I've got two more kind of zones. Okay, well let's let's do let's do your first zone and then we're going to get to my my last one. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go for the uh, 2000s British school disco experience. Whoa. Okay. Like la- everything you just said went right over my head. 2000s Kay. school disco experience. Yeah. Okay. If you happen to be listening to this and you grew up in the late, the mid to late nineties onward, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, you were a kid between those years if ever there was like a school disco, school dance, I suppose it would be called in yeah. the in the US, um, there were these songs that are just inseparable from that okay. setup. And there's just some like Barbie Girl, Cha Cha Slide, Cotton Eye Joe, uh, that one that goes Saturday night. Pretty baby, like there's so many. I mean, I'm many. sure I've heard all these, but yeah, it, they're just like the you know poppy, dancey songs from like the mid to late nineties yeah. that just turned up out of nowhere and never went away. Because the thing is, it's like that's still during an era where the songs were innocent enough that you could play it to a room of eight-year-olds and it wouldn't be kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there's a lot of, like, pop music coming out now where, like, every other word is just blanked because on the radio yeah. edit because it's yeah. like... Oh, but, you know, I just remember there's so many times, like, I, I remember growing up, I must have had about, like, you know, six school discos a year, you know, and I just remember these things popping off you know all of us you know every now and again whoa guess what he's got a full fat pepsi whoa (laughs) he's gonna go fucking crazy but yeah uh and so and and so like these are so there's a nostalgia to this because it's like school dances is like a big deal you know when you're when you're young if you go to them which i only went to like a couple school dances when i was young yeah, and it wasn't really a slow dance kind of situation. It was just, hey, let's rent out the local village hall and yeah. have a DJ come in and play a bunch of mid to late nineties dance tunes, and you know, watch these kids just eat a bunch of sugar and and fucking skid across the dance floor like race cars. But I just yeah. well, see, that's funny because like the, you're you're mentioning that, and I'm starting to think like, well. When I went to school dances, that was in junior high or middle school over here, which is, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old. 
Um, yeah. And the music that was being played was all that new Jack Swing R&B. So it's, yeah, you know, it's it's like I, I, I totally get that. I mean, like, you know, it, the middle and high school ones, you know, that's a different setup altogether because you're you're teenagers now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, for want of a better word, it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, when when you're that age, you, you start, hey, <laughs> me and Cindy are going to sneak out the back. <laughs> and like, I mean, there was no Cindy. There was no Cindy for me. I was a, I was holding up the wall. Um, I, I think I, I think I danced a few times. My, 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 the biggest memory I have from a school dance was in the eighth grade. So this was in 91 and we convinced the DJ to play enter Sandman because he, nice. wouldn't, he wouldn't play. He had no metal to play, but it turns out that he had that song. And so like somewhere later in the dance, he put on inner Sandman entire floor cleared, except for like, 10 of us and we all just stood in a circle and had banged in the middle of the floor <laughs> and like that was that's awesome so we were happy that the dude at least played that but the rest of it was just like us standing around looking and at people and and if i you know at that point in eighth grade like i you know i i, I knew that i was into girls but there were not really very many girls at my school where i would that i was like oh she's oh, i wish i could get with her it was mostly like oh you're really lame <laughs> <laughs> So I went to the dance and I was just like, I don't want to dance with anybody. What am, what am I, an idiot? <laughs> yeah, for, for me, it's like I had a few, uh, uh, you know, you know, that scene with uh, Dustin at the end of like season two of Stranger Things, where it's like kind of by himself. And yeah. it's like this really sad moment and not to sound, you know, self-pitying for a minute, but there were a few times like that. The, sc- the school disco is not all fun and games. Sometimes you get your heart broken. That's true. <laughs> it's all right to admit that to a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just remember like, those songs are so ingrained into that core memory for me yeah. that the moment I hear Cotton Eye Joe, I'm like... Are you, no, talk, are you talking old. about that rednecks version where yeah. it's like almost like and a I dance? Cat and I've been married boom, a long boom, boom, Yeah, boom. yeah. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Like I, I just cannot separate my you know memory to going up to the snack you know bar and saying, "Hey, I've got a twenty five p. How many uh, rainbow straws can I get for that? Oh. <laughs> Sweet, thank you." I'm gonna be so fucked my, up. Mine would, would have been like, "How many atomic fireballs can I get for that?" Yeah. Much? <laughs> I used to love those things. I haven't had an atomic fireball in fucking twenty years, probably uh, or more. Damn, dude. Yeah, we used um, to have these. Like, um, so sorry, I got one more. No, okay. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, like, there was a youth club I used to go to that had a similar setup, but it had like pool tables and shit. Mm-hmm. And I just remember. I've never had them since, and I've been looking and looking and looking for them. And they were these like little um, foam snails that you could get. And inside their shell was this like, you know, Harry Bow kind of jelly inside. And they were ace, man. I just remember nice. like, that is a taste I have not tasted since I was 10, and I want it back. And I'm going on a hunt. <laughs> Everybody out there, if you know what he's talking about, you know, comment or something and just let him let him yeah. know. Send him a link where he can get him. It's likely a, a British exclusive, but who knows? Yeah. Um, so my my final 
artist that I would like to talk about is like the ultimate of a thing that I'm into that people would be surprised by so much so that like before we started this episode, my wife's like, what's the topic today? I'm like, oh, we're doing the CNR sidebar and it's about um, artists we love that people think is out of character. And she's like, oh, you're talking about this artist. She like literally knew <laughs> what I was talking about. And, um, and I'm like, yep. Um, which and it brings us back to around the time that you were born. In fact, your mm. mom may have been boning your dad while this artist was playing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I, I un, unironically love this group. I fucking knew it was going to be Spice Girls. The Spice I Girls. I knew it. Yeah. I can't, I can't even... It's no. It's literally no joke. I mean, I literally have their first album on vinyl. I'd have the second one on vinyl, but like, it's it's a little bit expensive. Plus, I think that one's um, it's it's on it's having its twenty fifth anniversary. So I'm like, oh, maybe they'll put it like a deluxe version because we because we're yeah. reaching the twenty fifth anniversary of Spice World, the movie, which is also one of my favorite movies. Um, I realize it's dumb. It's good dumb, but but the Spice Girls for some reason I don't know what happened because. It, it, and it wasn't the song that everybody else got into. That's that song. Wannabe is like one of my least favorite Spice Girls songs because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's kind of annoying and whatever. But then several months later, they released the single for um, Say You'll Be There. And that was my fucking jam. Still is. Amazing pop song to me. And so... For some reason, I just remember, like, I got really into that, and I was like, oh, I like this song. And then I heard more of their stuff, and I'm like, there's a lot of really good songs here. And then that movie came out, and I remember, like, like I didn't see it in the theater, because I think over here, that movie, like, came out, and it was a flop, and it went away in a week. Like, there was no, you know, nobody saw it. Mm. But then it came out on, on VHS, and I bought a VHS version of it and watched the fuck out of it. And all of a sudden... <laughs> Like, and this is still, you know, this is still late nineties. I'm I'm all of a sudden, I'm just like, I'm a legit fan of the Spice Girls and um, (laughs) it's never gone away. Like, it's Mm. the same way I talk about all this other music that one of their songs comes on. I'm just like, I I can't explain it, but it's definitely not anything I've ever been ashamed of. It's just a thing where I'm just like, I, 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 it's, it's a, it's, I I sometimes don't understand why uh, other people don't love them the way I do. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and, uh, and while we're on the subject, in case anyone is curious, in case th- there are others of you out there that are like me, um, sporty is the best spice girl. Um, not because I think sports is cool. Cause if you know anything about me, fuck sports, I don't care, <laughs> but I don't sp- play sports ball. Nah. <laughs> but sporty fucking carries that fucking group she's the best that's that's mel c no mel b no mel b is scary spice mel c is sporty she's the best singer in that group in the movie she's like the most entertaining member of the group um and uh and you know I, i just she's just somebody that like you know everything i've heard that she's done i'm all like okay they are they all have different levels of talent you know jerry hallowell can barely sing um, but she <laughs> she's famous. Um, and uh, but I guess she had her tits out all the time. So I guess that helps. But <laughs> Sporty is the one that I'm just like, man, she's like, I love her voice. And like she she's that's that's my Spice Girl. It's, it's Sporty. Just in case anyone wanted to know. Uh, Brit- <laughs> Brit- Britain has a history of, you know, great music. The Beatles, 
The Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. The Spice Girls. Yes. I'd put, you know, you know what? If somebody came to me and said, would you like to listen to Abbey Road or Spice World? I'd be like, put fucking Spice World on right now. What the fuck? <laughs> quit fucking around. Because um, I want to hear Spice Up Your Life right now. Um, Oi, don't, me- don't mess me about, bruv. Want to listen to Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's times like that that I wish that I had that accent because it sounds yeah. more legit. <laughs> like I, I could get into a fight at a bar over it um, and I'd feel yeah. okay. Um, and, 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 and the most useless Spice Girl. Um, is posh. I mean, what the fuck was she even there for? There's a, she's not in the group. She doesn't like do stuff with the group anymore. And I'm all like, I know. Cause you're totally unnecessary. Your character's the most boring. And mm-hmm. so, you know, whatever, but you know what? She's, she's doing quite well married to one of she's the still most with David Beckham. I believe she is married to one of the most famous footballers in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so she's doing okay. She doesn't need my, uh, my support, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Spice girls is like, it's it's just you know if you I almost feel like it should be you know if 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 I became famous and like you know in the end I die and they do like a thing here's let's talk about Steven's life yes talk about Metallica and Nirvana but you, Spice Girls has to be put in there somehow because it's like <laughs> it's still it's very they're very important to me and um uh yeah so that's my that's my because remember right at the beginning I said oh my, my last one's actually spicy as well and it. Ah, uh, <laughs> it was legit nice. spicy. Anyway, sorry. Right, what, what do we got? What? Do we, oh, go ahead. While, while we're you know while we're on the subject of uh, you know one one last like kind of British pop act I want to talk about before I go into my last thing, sure. which is very American. <laughs> okay. Um. So my uh the first album I ever knew start to finish because it was just so huge mm-hmm. and it was in the car all the time and everybody loved every song is life in cartoon motion by mika and oh, in 2000 and i don't even know me like dude like i'm sure you, you must have at least heard uh what's it called um fucking was it Nope, I, I don't know brown, that one. I can be blue. <laughs> I'm blanking on it now. Oh, uh, now, now that you said Grace those Kelly. lyrics, now that you yeah. mentioned those lyrics, that's a song that my wife mentioned, and I would I did the same thing where I went, I don't think I've ever heard that. So she played it for me, and I go, Oh, okay. I I still don't know if I've ever really heard this song before, but I wow. I at least I at least know what you're talking about. Yeah, like oh, man, when I look through this track list. Like this, this album came out in 2007. Yeah. And I just, my school used to do this thing called Take the Stage, where basically um, there were these like plinths people we would put in the middle and like all the brave, confident kids, you know, who wanted to get up and, you know, either do a choreographed dance routine with all their friends or get up and sing or get up and play an instrument. It was a talent show. Yeah. Um, okay. The amount of people that came up and either sang or danced one of many songs from this album. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was a, it, regionally, it was a huge thing. Because over here, I don't, it, it, it didn't make a big enough splash where I even remember it. It was very big in the UK. Um, how I mean, for, for over Kelly's here, the, the, U, yeah. the big UK things over here were Spice Girls and I guess Robbie Williams made, a, made kind of a splash over here as well. Yeah. It t- he's from Take That. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember like this album. You look at the the plays on this on this album, and it's like 
Grace Kelly has nearly 300 million. Uh, wow. Relax, Take It Easy has 111 million. Um, big Girl, You Are Beautiful. Is, uh, that's see, another that one song. that my wife mentioned. That's so. So that that's a, that's a, an artist that like people know. I'm for some reason I was just I it totally missed me. So that's interesting. It's a really fun, enjoyable, happy listen. You know, yeah. And I, yeah. it, a lot of the you know a lot of the guilty pleasures. I I guess you would say are rooted in like childhood nostalgia. Yeah. In in a lot of this, but like I mean I I, I suppose. Some of it came along later, but that was a result of um, Grand Theft Auto games, if anything. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> going off of that, and I'm going to mention this now because that's a perfect way to segue. Cool. I like you and I. If the, if there is a if there is a differing opinion we have on anything. Oh shit! Okay. That that is the genre of country music. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, like, I'm not into the whole, like, you know, basically, you know, Republican, you know, candidate commercial kind of country <laughs> where yeah. it's like, it's just got a boom, bang, ding, 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 like, sort of thing where it's like, I, and it's always about, I got my pickup truck and like it's it's always it, like a story of like back in my town we drove pickups and we drank beers and the yeah. girl that I loved and it's all like there was recently you know I was with my you know my my wife's family and everything at a restaurant and they had country music on playing modern country music and I'm mm-hmm. like every fucking song is exactly the same and the singers <laughs> all sound exactly the same and I'm like oh is that that's what everybody wants now is just this pablum like over and over again it's like whatever but i'm, I'm sure that's I, that's not what you're into though no it's not and and you know i'm much more into the country music you know i was kind of raised on because my grandparents big fans of country yeah um and i suppose as well you know i'm a brit so i'm you know removed from i mean you're in texas so yeah. you know therefore you probably feel the same way about country music that I do about kind of the kind of UK hip hop. And it's not so much that, it, you know, I don't respect them. I think they're very talented. It just doesn't appeal to my ears because I have this, um, memory of just hearing grime blasting out of shitty phone speakers at the back of the bus being yeah. played by these shithead chav kids that just ruined anything. Like I had a semi interest in sport in primary school. Mm-hmm. all the chavs fucking killed football for me. Cause I was like, well, if these are the type of assholes that this attracts, I didn't want to be around it. Yeah. You know, now nowadays, you know, if you like football, cool. You know, it does not make me less of a man that I do not kick a ball in a field, you know? Yep. Yeah. I bet you and couldn't and play and double kick. And we've, we've, <laughs> yeah. moved, we've all moved past gender stereotypes. Well, it, those yeah. of us who are, are, don't have our heads up our asses. We've moved yeah. past gender stereotypes yeah. because I, I've, yeah, lived like, my, I've lived my whole life going against the grain with things in. And um, so I totally get that. I myself have done that. And I'm going to tell you like real quick there. When I was a kid, I was, I was always, I was always had to be different, not in an asshole way. Just like, no, nah, I prefer this, 
you know? And yeah. my mum said, do you want this Spider-Man cake for your birthday? And I was like, no, I want this one. And it was like a full-blown, like, old-timey wedding anniversary cake sort of thing. Nice. Main reason I wanted it is because the fucking, uh, the icing looked tastier. You know, yeah. I was like, sure, like, Spider-Man looks cool, but this royal icing on this cake is probably going to taste real good. So that was my thought process for that. And it was probably like a like a ten dollar difference too. You probably picked the more expensive cake out of the two, or a, or yeah. or, in, or in your case that would be uh, eight, eight pounds, about eight pounds more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, or quid. You're probably bang on eight eight yeah. quid, eight quid, eight quid, ten quid, twenty quid. You're pushing it, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, what is it? But yeah, like I say the. Um, country thing. Yeah. So I, you're. So you're. Up. So let me let me guess. You're you're probably a fan of just like the genres of metal and everything else. The late '80s, early '90s, like Garth Brooks and all that kind of stuff. Like, is that kind of where where you like your shit? Early earlier too. Like I, anything from pretty much the '50s, '60s, '70s, '80s, and '90s. You mm. know, I I enjoy. I tend to like. You know, there is a cutoff point during kind of the 90s era where I'm starting to hear this is kind of where it starts to end because it begins to become sonically very similar. And I, you know, I know that there's country artists today doing authentic stuff with like full bands behind them. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not, you know... But it's it's the stuff you hear on the radio now where it really is it is pop with a southern accent. But the yeah. I tell you one I tell you one band in particular, like my my two favorite like old school country artists are, are Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash. Okay. But there's uh there's a band that just clicked for me because they're kind of like they're almost like what an 80s rock band would be if they were a country band. Oh, can I guess? Can and, I guess who this is? Uh you can you can try. They they're kind of lost to time a little bit. Is it is it Alabama? <laughs> no, no, it's not Alabama. It's okay. um it's the Desert Rose band. Okay. And All right. Not not as big as Alabama, but yes, uh, yes, that's that's a, that's a group from that they, did they that was 70s, right? Did they put stuff out in the 70s? No, they were late 80s, early 90s. Okay, all right. And um, they had a song on um, the country station on GTA San Andreas called K-Rose. That was the first station I actively chose to listen to because at the time I'd been brought up on that music. So I was kind of like, yeah. ah, so if I, if I steal this, you know, four by four and drive off into the country, I'll be just like, you know, I'll be just like my mom or my granddad driving the truck you know, around. And I used to pretend to be, you know, my parents sometimes where I'd go out into the countryside and I'd just drive around listening to the country music on it. But the the song One Step Forward is just such a great song. Mm-hmm. And um, like, there's a lot of stuff that they've done that you probably wouldn't be into. No, but they've got a lot probably. of really well, they, they've got a lot of really well written material. And yeah. Um, I mean, there, yeah, there's def- definitely some well-written country music because essentially some of it boils down to, you know, I am a sucker, you know, my, the, my appreciation of the pop sensibility 
doesn't stop at a genre. So I can hear a yeah. song and go, well, this song is really well written as a catchy chorus and, you know, the melody is enjoyable or whatever. Um, my, my problem is the, is just the, the, all the, all the aspects of it that make it country, the twanginess of it hmm. is like what kills me with a lot of that music. Cause there's artists now, modern artists that people are like, Oh, you should listen to them. They're, they're alt country. And, you know, and I'm like, well, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm all behind the alt part of it. Can they get rid of the country part and just start writing good music? <laughs> so it's. But it, but for you, I think it's the same thing where I associate country music with some of the worst people in America. And so it's I just want to be as far away from a lot of it as possible. That being said, you know, there's a couple Garth Brooks songs that I that I enjoy from when I was a kid. The big artist for me was Kenny Rogers. Loved Kenny Rogers. Um, I have all of the gambler memorized. I could just sing it for you right now. Yeah. So um, every gambler knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a warm summer's evening. Damn. So I mean, it. So I. So there. There are parts here and there, but because of just the repetitiveness of a lot of it, and my association with a lot of it over the years, it's become. I've pushed it further and further away. Where I'm just like, I don't even. I don't even want to listen to this. The, the only time I'll listen to country music is if my wife ever does, because she likes a little bit of it. Um, a lot hmm. of it's older stuff. You know, she's not into newer stuff either. But that's kind of as far as it goes. But the thing that I was going to say, though, is that I kind of wish that I could hear it through your brain, because I might appreciate it a lot more. And But it's never going to yeah. happen, you know. So I, 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 I get coming from your angle, it, it, it's sounding... And, and painting a different picture for you than it does for me. Yeah. One thing I, I would like to kind of do as kind of a kind of an experiment is because the, the first album, what's the first album? The, their first album, the Desert Rose Band. Yeah. Th- 31 minutes and 29 seconds long. Okay. Not a, not a long album by any stretch. I am kind of intrigued for you to hear like maybe at least like the first half of that album because it is kind of like, I would say it's as pop rock as it is country. Okay. And it like it has enough of the eighties production on it for for it to both you know speak to me in that way. Yeah. But it also has like that you know warm childhood fuzzy feeling. But I will say, in terms of you know sound wise, the the vocals are actually you know. They have a slight draw to him, but it's, it's Chris Hillman from uh, The Birds who, who fronts it. But um, oh, okay. So yeah. he, he's been—that's a guy that's been around in the game for a while. Not not the country music game necessarily, but you know, music. Yeah, but like the, the album is is like oh, there's so many good ones, man. I if there's a way for you to hear kind of, kind of country music through my ears. That's probably the way to do it. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check can, it out. Reconvene. Sure. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I'll at least listen to the first track. If, if, if I, if I can get through it, <laughs> then I'll move forward. That is definitely like, you know, out of character because not only you being a guy that's, that's clearly very into rock and roll, but also you being British like that's um yeah so it did and also is a, a hip hop head and yeah and they is a, tend to it, not is American like cross over. is American country music like popular over there like is there do you hear it out and about ever 
it uh, I did more when I was a kid to be fair uh-huh. uh but I think that's from you know my mum having it in the car all the time yeah um I don't think it's you know it's not nearly as big over here as it is in the US I mean obviously it's yeah, going to yeah. be big in its in its homeland yeah but um I have a friend who moved to Virginia he um you know married um a girl and you know he lives in the US now he lives in Virginia and he said the uh, the quantity of country music you hear on the radio compared to Britain is staggering you yeah. know and it, and it's funny, you know, we're two English speaking nations, yeah. but it's culturally there's there's so much else there, you know. It's 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 strange. But that's that's like the cool dynamic about this show. It's like we come in it from two two different angles. Yeah. Are are there any well-known British artists that do country type music? Because I know, because you're because you're talking about things that 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 appear to be very mm. American country music, but then hip hop, you know, came from America, and I know there's a lot there's a lot of British hip hop, um, but the country music yeah. side of things, I I don't think I've ever heard of a British artist doing country music. Let's have a look, British country singers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently, one of them is Robert Plant. <laughs> so there, because he's British and he has done country music. Because he did well, it was more like folk music. Because he did stuff with Alison Krauss, I believe, which that would be more folky stuff. But I guess hmm. it's related. It's 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 a a distant cousin to country music. I guess I don't know. I I suppose like I mean you could argue country is like a it's like just American folk in a way. Yeah. There's there's not an awful lot, you know, you know, barring the industry it became, separating yeah. it initially. It was just like when it started out, it was acoustic guitars, maybe a lap steel, you know, dun 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 dun. Yep. And the, you have a song. I know that's oh, why, and, uh, and, that, and that right there is why I don't like country music because like that's all <laughs> it takes. It's like there you go. There's a country song. Boom. <laughs> um. That's a, that's a good way to wrap it up, though, because wrapping it up with not only something that's that would be considered out of character, but is polarizing between the two of us where I'm just like, nah, I want yeah. nothing to fucking do with that music. But um, <laughs> but I but it's 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 interesting. So then, and that and that, you know, I feel like this has a, a, been a very big like getting to know, you know, he, old head and young Ed um, on this <laughs> uh, show. Like, you know, it's and it, it may put some things into perspective when we are ranking music and I, I feel like for the most part we we're very good at like interjecting our personal opinions and why they're shaped that way um yeah but i feel like this was a good gave everybody a nice little peek into who we really are you know when we're not rocking with docking <laughs> um rocking with docking um breaking yeah. the chains the, that's a, that's a, I think I, that's a band that I think people have requested us do Cranked and Ranked on like several times. I'm like, okay, yeah, do- Dawkins, I get it. Eventually, we'll get to Dawkins. <laughs> um, uh, which which is which you know, I'm, I'm you know brings us right back around Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Yeah. Don't want to anyway, dream no more. Before we before Did- we're led into <laughs> another tangent. 
Um, <laughs> were, you, were you about to say something and I just I just stomped all over it? No, I was just going to say, did you know that, like, uh, you know, in that scene in the music video where George Lynch crashes through the wall? Yeah. Apparently, he didn't feel a fucking thing. He was that high. They just <laughs> threw him through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's a great video. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Um, great. Code. So, yeah, that 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 might be a good a good um, a good, you know, CNR sidebar one day where we because we talk about movies so much. Um, mm. We should split it up and do like different talk about different you know mo- genres of movies or things that we love. Like I said before, if you're still here, peanut butter platypus, that is you. Um, oh, yeah. But like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions, you know, now that you've seen how this plays out, any suggestions of what you think would be a good topic for a future CNR sidebar, um, put it in the comments it on youtube or email me at oldheadpodcast at gmail.com um and um because because it's like i said this is a this has been a good little palate cleanser and then we can jump back into ranking and other things like that so um uh, as usual you know just you know put your put your thoughts in the comments and let us know how you feel about this kind of thing because if you are one of those people that's like just rank the albums and quit talking about yourselves then you probably aren't even listening anymore so (laughs) but this has been fun and we got like you know an hour over an hour and a half plus of uh content out of just uh, an idea so we're gonna get we're gonna get some asshole that's gonna have already commented this how could eddie talk about the british high like british primary school disco experience and not mention the macarena (laughs) you know because that was (laughs) That's a prime example, but yeah, that, that was that was that was very big over here as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I never understood it. It was so you bring up the Macarena, and for some reason my brain immediately goes to who let the dogs out. Like that was ooh, a, ooh, <laughs> it's like around that same time. Like those were the songs that are like really big. Um, yeah. it's funny. I was it's funny. I was on, I was in the. Uh, I'm a, I'm a patron of Howard H. Smith from from Acid Rain. He has a Patreon account and he does these mm. Zoom meetings with all of his, you know, subscribers that want to come. And um and he brings up Rammstein because he's a big Rammstein fan and I'm not. Um and mm. I tried to I was trying to explain how for many many years because of the time period that it came out and I wasn't interested in the music at all. So when Du Hast came out, I was like, oh, this I, I'm not really into this. But another song that came out at that same time that was also kind of big was um, was Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. And so <laughs> for many years, people would say Rammstein and I'd have to stop for a second and go, is that I get knocked down or is that Duhast? Because I would get Chumbawamba <laughs> and Rammstein mixed up because it was like they were both songs that came out. And I'm like, I'm not interested yeah. in hearing any more of either one of these artists. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna step in and say, Duhast is probably the reason I became a metalhead, though. Because well, that was the therefore first. I like it. I like the song for that reason because <laughs> it brought a, it was the it was the catalyst that eventually would lead us together. So um, yeah. On that note, <laughs> that's a good way to end. Um, thank you all for listening and or watching um, this episode, the CNR sidebar, um, and we in a yeah. We'll be back again soon, probably next week with another uh, album ranking. Um, And uh, yeah, thanks for the support. Thanks for watching. And as usual, I will throw it over to my friend, Mr. Eddie Sparks, to take us out.
<laughs> Later, dude. <laughs> Do you want some bucky? Do you want a ciggy, mate? Do you want a ciggy? That's my that's my British uh, <laughs> bloke in an honestly, alleyway. Honestly, Do you want a ciggy, mate? I could, you, if you had just kept doing that, I wasn't going to stop yeah. you. It could have been like a ten minute outro because I'm like I. <laughs> I just I the, the accent just you know because I'm I am a true American where that accent comes out I'm just like oh man yeah. it's so it's just so nice to listen to yeah <laughs> all right bye everyone later.